Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back to the Scarleteers podcast. All right, I'm Amanda. And I'm Lindsay. And welcome back to our latest um, podcast. We have a good episode. It's going to be a holiday, so happy holidays to everyone. We hope you've had good ones. The new year is about to come up, so this is our present to you. So, Lindsay, introduce our guest, and who do we have with us? I am very, very, very excited to introduce our guest today, and that is the creator, writer, director, absolutely everything, Rachel New. Woohoo, Rachel. Welcome to our <laughs> podcast. We're so happy to have you back. Oh, it's absolutely lovely to be back. Thank you for having me. Thank oh, you. How have you been since you, we last spoke? Because it's been a little while. It has. Do you when exactly? What? How long ago was that? Because it's um, it's Easter time. Easter. We spoke last. Yeah. 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 It Very was just good. after season, or right just before, before season two. two. Yeah. That's right. Gosh. Yeah. Um. Was that was with Patty, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and she sends her regards uh, as always. Uh, yes, you. everything's been, it's been a very, very hectic year. Um, I got back from Belgrade in February, uh, having just finished filming season three and then got straight into writing season four with, uh, with Ben and our two other writers uh, who we had on season three, Sarah Louise Hawkins and Dan Murden. Uh, they also um, came on board again for this season. So we had a very nice, jolly time, you know, in the writer's room. And um, yeah, it's been nonstop really since then. We I went back to, we came back to Belgrade, Patty and I in September for prep and we're we're in the middle of shooting. So you're talking about filming season four right now. So how's that going? Really, really well. It's been a lot of fun, hard work as it always is. But we uh, we're we're having a great time, and and what's been really nice this time is because it wasn't the first time in Belgrade. We sort of did that last year. We we kind of just hit the ground running when we came back out here this time. So it feels even more kind of efficient. Um, it's going very very quickly. Um, but yeah, it's been great, great fun, great cast, really great script. So I'm very happy. Yay! We're, we're really excited for season yeah. four. But we're going to kind of cast your mind back to kind of August last year and uh, focus on season two. Obviously, some fans have seen season three, but we're going to kind of keep that one under wraps at the moment on the podcast just because there's quite a few fans out there who haven't seen it. So we're going to focus mostly on season two. So season two, it had a, a slightly different feel to season one. And is that something that you plan when you go in, when you're kind of starting a season and writing it, kind of how's that particular season going to feel? Well, it's an interesting one because you, you, you don't really plan it, but you have to let your characters and your world evolve. So mm-hmm. naturally, there's always going to be a slight different feel. Each season is is probably going to have a slightly different uh, feel to it. Um, but it's a very kind of organic, natural process, really. Um, obviously, Eliza is our main into the world. And in, she is, you know, she's a she's an independent uh, working woman. And so she is always evolving, as are, uh, as are the other characters, too. Um, but yeah, you, it's one of those things where you 
you kind of look back and go, yeah, there is a diff- slightly different vibe uh, to season two and indeed season three. And I would say season four as well, uh, because it's it takes on a, a life of its own. You don't want to just stay in the same, get stuck in the same place because it would get boring, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So Eliza's got her business kind of grounded and starting off, but she's still trying to struggle to find like, the illustrious or more classy, I guess we would say, at least for the first episode, classy cases. How mm. did you challenge yourself when trying to figure out which cases she would investigate? Well, again, you know, we tend to stay to, to start with uh, Liza's arc, Duke's arc, you know, their their serial, their story, um, and then how that kind of uh, ripples out to to the rest of the characters. That that's the most important keystone of the season or the series um and then what we will tend to do is then look at you know interesting worlds and what was going on at the time um so for example you know darwin did die that year our, our episode two is all about darwin mm-hmm. and you know we we love the idea of a, a an episode that sort of was like a involved a, a, a an author like dickens and so we some very very occasionally a world pops up and we try to sort of mold a story around that but generally it's the characters that lead us and then we will fit the the world in around that and and obviously you know one of the the main um the, the main aspects of the show that that really does need serious planning is how do duke and eliza you know how their how do their worlds cross that week so we try and keep that nice and fresh as well, because, again, you know, you don't want the same, uh, you know, them just being a crime fighting duo. It, it would become very dull. So, again, that then impacts on on, you know, ha- how they sort of clash into each other that week. That then impacts on what story we're going to tell that week, what crime and how that reflects, uh, how that resonates with our cast of characters for the week. I think season two, uh, season two episode two is definitely one of my favorites I love the puzzle aspect of it and how intricate it all is and and the lovely twist at the end yes Um, it it was a really really fun episode to write it had lots of twists and turns I loved it yeah definitely as you say you're kind of it revolves slightly around Eliza and William and how they're going to kind of interact and everything Hmm. is that a difficult balance because at times they seem very close and then you know, after they've obviously started some dinners and then equally they're slightly more at odds. And and certainly in season two, William's a little bit more grumpy. He's under pressure from outside forces and things. And, you know, how, how does that, how do you balance that kind of the, the world of those two? Well, again, it's, it's a similar answer, really. You just want to keep things fresh. You just want to keep things moving. Um, you just don't want to get into some kind of rut because, you know, at the end of the day, she is a woman solving crime. Um, yes, there obviously is this bond between them, but he's a high ranking detective inspector at Scotland Yard. And even though we have lots of lovely kind of comedy running through it, my my wish and my objective is always to be uh, try and be as authentic as possible. Um, so it's about how to have these two people orbiting each other's worlds that have this great kind of love and affection for each other but how we keep that dance and that fun still still going um and that's that's the main sort of 
objective for the, the the show and that can be the hardest that that sort of dance can be the hardest uh the hardest to kind of you know get right um but we just try and keep it really fresh and really fun and and I have said this before but for me as well beyond anything else you know they are they are obviously very attracted to each other and they have these feelings for each other but there's more to it than that they are each other's family they are bonded by a, a deep almost a, a sort of familiar love so um which never kind of goes away they're, they're they're glued together they're stuck together and I I I love that I love that about them I love that connection to Henry as well because that's a big big reason why they stay together exactly you know he was like a father to Duke he was obviously Eliza's um father and that really does it it, it really does connect them it, it it there's a very strong bond between them uh, which will which will never break no matter what happens um so one of the big kind of talking conversations about season 2 for the mm. fan group was in episode, at the end of episode 1 obviously william cancels their dinners yes and we've all kind of kind of discussed at what point did he actually cancel it because we we we're divided as to whether he had cancelled it before he went into the drawing room or if um, he kind of listens to Eliza's speech and realises he's got no chance here and, and kind of makes a spur of the moment decision. So wanted your opinion on that. Oh, that's a good one. I, I love the fact <laughs> that you're discussing that. I, had, I didn't know that. Um, oh, well, uh, sorry to, to the, the, uh, the team that think that um, he did it during the conversation. No, he very much did it beforehand. Uh, good to know there we go yeah he he'd had uh if you remember the 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 problems with his you know he had work issues Mm -hmm. uh, being undermined and he just knew it was just one step too too many uh for him to to feel that humiliation um so yes he cancelled it um just to put a little pin um take a little breath um for their potential romance okay there we go thank you so in season two we see eliza relying a lot more on moses and they've really developed a good secure friendship she turns mm-hmm. to him a lot especially in episode three and six so mm-hmm. does eliza trust him more than william or is it just a different kind of trust and relationship oh it, yes it, totally it's a it's a completely different relationship um her relationship with William is is extremely complicated and deep and complex and that lots of different levels. With Moses, it's it's more simplistic than that. She just has this um what I was gonna say work colleague, but he is now a, a dear friend. And she absolutely trusts him in when she needs him for work and and they do, you know, they do share share um sort of more of their personal life with each other as the season goes on and, and in season three as well but they have a different kind of bond um it's very much uh, that they both really do trust each other but it, yeah it's it's completely different to how she feels about Duke and and Duke and, and Moses they they get to work together in season two which uh, we absolutely loved mm-hmm. and and loved kind of seeing how how the two of them kind of they do support Eliza in a way in their own way and is this the start of a beautiful friendship for them? You know, are they um, going to come to a bit of an understanding that they're both looking out for Eliza? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, 
watch this space for for season three because uh, there's not quite uh, as, as straightforward. Um, there is, uh, I don't want to have any plot spoilers, but yes, it, there is something on the horizon for both of them, but it won't be a regular occurrence. Let's put it that way. That's a fair answer. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to ask about Ivy and Barnabas. Yay! Barn Ivy, as the Twitter <laughs> and fandom calls them, nice. because that relationship has certainly been championed on the podcast and within the group and within the fans. What were your thoughts on bringing these two together? And you probably heard us screaming when we were watching when he came to the door and there was that googly eyed moment. Um, how do you think that the relationship is going to affect Eliza going forward? Well, it was so much fun to write and I love the idea. It was always so funny to us that, you know, he could potentially become almost like this fixture in, in their house and almost like his father figure, uh, <laughs> which she would absolutely hate, but he would take that role extremely seriously. There is, it, 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 we do push that further in, in seasons three and four and it's huge fun because um, he's obviously madly in love with Ivy. It's, she's the best thing that's ever happened to him. She's so kind and gentle and beautiful. Um, she steadies him and soothes him. And we do start to see a slightly different Barnabas kind of evolve um, over the seasons. So for Eliza, she's really happy that, that Ivy is so happy. She doesn't quite understand the attraction <laughs> between them. But, you know, she loves Ivy. Ivy's like her her mother, her, her best friend. And so um, for her, it's like, well, if Ivy's happy, then I'm happy. But there's always going to be this slight clash between Barnabas, Mr. Potts and uh, Eliza. Uh, they we never... love that we found out their names. Yeah, yes, they never... they're adorable names. They're adorable. They never, um, they never, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I like the idea of, them never ever using their Christian names to each other. I like the idea that they will forever be Miss Scarlet and Mr. Potts when they when they speak to each other, even when Ivy's there, because there's something rather fun about that. But um <laughs> they they their relationship because uh, Mr. Potts is involved with Ivy, um, his relationship with Eliza, uh that it does evolve, but there's always going to be a nice sort of rumble of comedy with those two. We we do love them. The Ivy and Barnabas. Were, were they a little bit of romance for, for season two? I I think there was a little bit of romance there. I think it was very sweet and very sort of innocent. Uh, you know, especially at the end of season two when they go to the party together, and it was really it was just lovely. And yeah. Simon Simon and Kathy are so so much fun in real life. They really are uh, just such lovely people. Um, so they hugely enjoyed it as well. It was really, it was really lovely, really fun to to be on set uh, rehearsing and also seeing it as a viewer as well. It was great. I love how happy they both seemed as well. That was just, it just made you smile. It was like a little warm hug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, on a slightly more serious note, there was a lot of references to the workhouse throughout season two. And again, one of the, the discussion points that in the fan group that we've had is whether Eliza knows that William grew up in the workhouse and how much of his past she actually knows. Because 
we always kind of sit there and, and discuss it and kind of go, she'd probably treat him a little bit differently if she knew how hard he had it growing up. Mm-hmm. And we just wondered, you know, how much does Eliza know? Well, I, I love hearing about these discussions you're having. <laughs> you should come join us. <laughs> oh, no, please. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> um. Well, she does. She does know. Um, she absolutely knows about his upbringing. She probably doesn't know to the, to the extent of of his suffering. He's a very proud man, and he's certainly, you know, in in season two, we see him with Fitzroy in the hospital, saying, you know, if you want sympathy, don't come to me. Uh, he's very um, sort of stoic. So she, yes, she knows that he grew up in the in the workhouse but as we know Eliza can often be a little sometimes she's a bit short-sighted um she might not think too much about it she obviously knows what the workhouse is and knows it's not a good place but because because Duke doesn't uh kind of moan about it or reference it or keeps it quite close uh she yeah she doesn't know to the extent of of if he's if he suffered and to and to what extent that 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 would be but also their relationship isn't really based on that. He wouldn't want sympathy f- from her. She knows he is he's proud. Um, so she would be very careful to express that anyway. But she, but he knows that she cares about him. Um, and she, he knows that, you know, uh, out of everybody in his life, she's aware of 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 who he is, what he's about. She She knows him on a level that no one else does. So they just, you know, they they get each other. They understand each other. So you've introduced some new characters in season two. Detective Fitzroy, who's played by the wonderful Evan McCabe, who is an absolute gem. And we adore him, love him. We can't say enough good things about him. And he should be protected at all times because he's a (laughs) precious cinnamon roll. Um, He has had such a great transformation over the season. What was your inspiration for him? And does his relationship with William reflect how Henry perhaps taught William? Yeah, it's a really good point. And, and you're absolutely right. So, so it, what, what we wanted was for William or uh, Stuart at his best is when he's, you know, playing Duke under the cosh. And, uh, not only does that give a lot of drama, but it gives some lovely comedy as well. So so Duke finds himself on one side, he's got this boss who he thinks, well, you know, this is great. He's a he's a fellow Scot. I'm going to have a, a you know, a, a really good time. Finally, I have a boss who understands me and understands where I'm from. Um, and then the other side, he's got this kind of new recruit and both of them kind of go wrong for him. And it forces Duke to sort of be in this slight dilemma where, you know, he he does take his job really seriously and he does resent the fact that somebody might have um might have got a got their job on something that isn't to do with how 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 good they are how skilled they are it's that kind of silver spoon but as he gets to know Fitzroy he realizes that you know this really isn't his fault he's got a very overbearing father and they do start to bond and they do start to have this relationship and he does start to see potential in him so What's really lovely about it is is we start seeing a softer side to Duke, that which is what Fitzroy brings out in him, and a more fatherly side to him. Uh, and as ever, Stu plays that so so brilliantly. Um, so the character of Fitzroy came out more from what would be what would be the hardest person for Duke to have to deal with. 
what would really give him a headache um because that's what you want you that's what gives you all this you know the lovely drama um when you put when you think about the dynamics you don't want people to just get on all the time it would be a bit dull wouldn't it so and Fitzroy and, and as you say Evan played it so beautifully I could not have asked for a better Fitzroy honestly um and he's 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 you know he's such great fun as well he's one of those he's one of those people who everybody likes to hang out with because he's just he's just really funny he's he's lovely we do yeah. we Fitzroy is, is definitely our MVP of uh season two <laughs> I think yes agree I'll let Evan know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we also get to meet um, rival PI Patrick Nash, who's played by by Felix Scott, who I met recently, who was absolutely yes. adorable and lovely when I met him. Um, he seems to have rather divided the fans. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if that's what you were going for. Did you expect that or was that quite a, a surprise? Yes to both those things. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Exactly what what I expected. Uh, I really wanted to put the cat amongst the pigeons with him, mm. and uh, uh, you know Felix Scott is brilliant. Um, he manages to, uh, as you'll see, uh, no plot spoilers, but as you'll see in season three, you you really start to see you know you peel away the onion of Nash, and he's a really complex, interesting character. The, the best thing about him, which I I just love the irony of this man who um, she doesn't trust. Eliza has no time for, yet he is the only one singing her praises and and looking at her going, you are fantastic. And yet that's the person that she she just does not have any kind of faith in. Um, And I love that dynamic. I really, really, it's so interesting. And again, their kind of relationship in terms of work and and even a friendship that starts to develop again uh, develop as well and it's a different it's just a different dynamic I love putting Eliza in positions where she just has a very different dynamic with every single person in her life and it's it's really interesting as a writer because it just keeps things so fresh and fun and yeah just interesting and Nash brings that you know to to the party a huge amount uh to the party so yeah Felix is wonderful I adore Nash so sorry to the people that don't like (laughs) Team Lindsay here I don't trust him with a barge pole I may grow to like him I have to say Felix was lovely when I met him so I'm like okay I may grow to like Nash I think he'll win Nash not sure I think he he will win you over Lindsay give it (laughs) He'll win you over because he he is ultimately the thing about Nash. He is a really decent person. You know, we're talking nineteenth century London. He couldn't care less what your background is. He couldn't care less what your gender is, what your race is. He sees people. You know, he's an outsider. He's you know he's he's uh, his generations back would have suffered the the uh, Irish famine. Thousands and thousands of Irish came to London. They were absolutely hated treated really badly and so he's a real survivor um and I love that about him he couldn't care less whether she's a woman or not he couldn't care less what anyone's background is so there's something very very progressive about him he's definitely a feminist okay I'll it's bear the game that in mind Claire, for Lindsay. Have, I, have, I sold, <laughs> have I sold him to you <laughs> 
I'll see. I'll let you know after season three. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep my, my I'll keep my options open. Keep, keep an open mind. Keep an open mind. Yeah, that's all I ask. <laughs> Another character that we meet is Hattie Parker, who's played by the lovely Jessie Cave. She was a great friend for Eliza and Clementine, who's also played by Laura Rollins, was fabulous. We enjoyed her so much. We can see these three gals having a great time together in a pub if the opportunity ever arises. Does Eliza need some more close female friends? Does that ever happen in the future? She probably does. Uh, I don't think it's a a surprise to hear that Eliza is a bit of an introvert. If if we had, do you do you? We we're sort of so into the Myers Briggs personality um, <laughs> yeah, over here. Yeah, uh, it's huge, and in fact, my my teenage children know, seem to know all about it as well. So I would say I don't know whether this 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 is going to cause excitement or confusion. Eliza's definitely an INFJ. So I'll oh, me too. You. <laughs> there you go. Um, so she does uh she loves people uh she loves that human connection but she is very choosy about who she hangs out with doesn't really need a huge amount of people um but yes she she always has she always has that very deep connection um with somebody so you know generally it's ivy but in this season we've got like you say jesse cave playing hattie who's fantastic um, and then the lovely Clementine, who, who was who was huge fun. So, um, but again, it's I'm going to say what I've said before. It's it's just always about looking at a season as a whole and just thinking, right, what's a how can we keep this fresh? How do we keep this fun? Um, so that's what we we generally our aim is for each time. So, and we will see characters come and go, but they might not necessarily always be in the subsequent season. If that if that makes sense. And I like that. I think it keeps it, keeps it interesting. Um, so Eliza's very focused on her career in season two and, and love relationships and things seems to be like the furthest thing on her mind. But at the end of season two, we heard that lovely, lovely speech from Mrs. Parker and mm-hmm. Helen Norton just was amazing and delivering all of that. And we we really got to see a different side to Mrs. Parker and she had some very surprising words of advice for Eliza. Mm. Is she going to listen to them? Is well, it going to resonate with her? That's That was really the catalyst of Eliza going to see Nash. Mm. Uh, after that, she was, she, that sort of resonated with her thinking, right, well, now is the time for me. If I'm, if I'm going, you know, I, I, it was the money conversation, but it was also the, you know, this is the time for me to make something of myself. So in a way, she does listen to to Mrs. Parker and she, you know, Mrs. Parker, by the way, that that scene when that was uh, filmed, everybody around the monitor was in tears. Helen, it was just so beautifully done. She's extraordinary, Helen. Um, and but as characters, Eliza has huge amounts of well, frustration with Mrs. Parker, but also huge amounts of respect because she knows that she's been a woman on her own for a very long time, has raised a child on her own. Um, and that would have been, even though she had money, that would still be hard. And she also knows how much she loves Rupert as well. So there is a there is a kind of maybe a grudging respect, but there is a respect there. 
And yes, absolutely. I, I, I think that, that Eliza did listen and, and I think it did. Um, she will hold on to that. Um, yeah, for, for years to come. So speaking of respect, the fans of the group have said that the secondary theme of this season is respect. Mm. William and Eliza, in both different ways, have fought all season for what they view as respect. Was that intentional or a happy byproduct when you wrote the season? Um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it, I think it's weirdly a bit of both. Like that's always, that's always in, in my mind in that it put, it's probably more almost like acceptance, really. Uh, and again, it like grudging acceptance, but it was, yeah, they, they, well, they do absolutely respect each other, but I think in truth, they would, their lives would be a lot easier if one of them would, fold a little bit to, to the other you know if, if they they both want what they want and whilst they want what they want it's it's increasingly it's difficult for them to be together uh, but as friends um, and as work colleagues I think there's a huge respect between them um, and on his part I think there's there's a, a lot of acceptance of this is who she is and it's probably never going to change. He definitely does seem to kind of respect her a little bit more I yeah. think it's different from the end of season one and, and growing through season two, which is a lovely thing to see. Hmm. Absolutely. He does. And also she's kind of, de- she's earned her stripes. She's, de- she's demonstrated over and over again how good she is. And he, he knows that he understands that, but you know, this is the woman that he has these very deep feelings for. So it's, it's complicated for him. And, you know, as I've said, it's, the 1880s he is he is a 1880s man you know he might be a little more progressive than most men but he is still a he's still an 1880s man so he will have a view of of how his world wants to be, you know should be and and it's tricky for him so we we asked our fans for just some general questions of season two without giving too much away as to why we were kind of asking for them. Um, so we've got a couple of fan questions for you. So the first one is from Francesca on our Facebook group. And she asks, what was your goal starting the season with such an emotional ending to the first episode? And did it surprise you when filming? Well, um, the that was really interesting because generally speaking that would usually be the the way that was structured that would usually be the build to an end of season um and we really love the idea to subvert that a little bit and have that as our first episode um which I think was an interesting thing to do and I and I really enjoyed it it kind of set the stall out for the for the rest of the season so um and in terms of the did you say the filming of it Mm -hmm. yeah it was very emotional uh, filming that and when it was all cut together um it was even more emotional um the way that they kind of pause at the door and because when you're obviously filming it you're seeing um the way it's filmed you're seeing it sort of um you know in in different chunks how you see it edited together is very different to how the audio that you film it in so it was really once I'd seen a kind of completed version of that yeah I I I collapsed in tears. It was so sad and so gorgeous. <laughs> it was definitely ripping out the shipper's hearts here, I have to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you pulled at the heartstrings there. Sorry about that. Well, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I said it was squeezing my heart through that whole scene. I could just, I couldn't breathe. 
yeah I know it was really it was really moving um I know I'm really hoping people were you know the 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 fans and scholars were yelling at the tv to Mm -hmm. go back I I think there was a lot of no (laughs) what are you doing man but that's good. <laughs> see, that's good. It means you're enjoying it. So, in a weird sadistic way. <laughs> enjoying it. <laughs> Having your heart broken. <sighs> so Carla on Facebook asks, what scene directions do you write in the script to help convey the emotion you want to capture, particularly during the close moments between William and Eliza? Or is this something the actors pick out themselves? Oh, that is such a great question. Uh, well, in truth, um, we are quite detailed in our uh, in our action description about what the character is feeling at that moment. Um, and it's just really, really helpful for the actor as well so that they they understand, you know, it's it's clear that what the motivation is and the understanding is and. So yeah, some writers are maybe less so. We we really do make it very clear about what that scene is about and what part of the emotional journey they they've reached in that particular scene. Um, if that does that answer the question? Uh, yeah, I think it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jolene on Facebook says, "What will it take for Eliza to realise success? Um, is it when her name is above the door?" when all the bills are paid or recognition in society or a mixture of all three that's a really great question I think it is a mixture of all three um she it's it's like what would you say to a friend who is enjoying their job um they just want to keep doing it I mean don't they it's like I wouldn't say Eliza is yes she needs the money because she needs to grow her business to to sort of survive but it's not about going shopping for her. She's not materialistic at all. Um, and I, it's not about some, you know, power, uh, you know, craze kind of um, objective. It's more about proving to society and to herself that she can have a successful business and she can be independent and she can pay her own bills. And she's doing it in a in a job that she knows she's good at and really enjoys. So, I wouldn't say there's any sort of end game for her. It's like any any woman or any person. It's like if you enjoy what you're doing, you want to keep doing it, right? So she's she's no different, except she has a lot a lot lot more to prove uh, because this is the 19th century. Jamie on Facebook asks, "Why does Eliza always take risks and not consider the safety of herself and others?" <laughs> she's an INFJ uh, because <laughs> she is she yeah, she doesn't think things through sometimes and she she it can be impatient and impetuous um uh and you know it's a it's a detective show we you know it's like when you watch one of those horror films and you think why have they gone upstairs <laughs> that dark yeah. room in yeah. that dark house all on their own um with no electricity and you're kind of yelling at the 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 the, you know the, the tv or the or the you know the um big screen just going don't do it don't do it that that it's it's no different it's like we we want to put her into situations um that mean that the story evolves and and you get all the drama and but yes her character is somebody that 
often does something or says something and afterwards she thinks mm, I probably shouldn't have said or done that mm, uh, but yeah. that's what makes her so relatable because we're all like that sometimes yeah I've said a lot during um when we talk about the season two is that Eliza is always stepping in it is when I say like she just often is speaking without thinking and she's just always stepping in the situation and says something she shouldn't and it just moves the bad situation forward and it just she just thought for a moment first but in often life that doesn't happen so it's very realistic yeah and I think it's it's nice to see a woman on screen that does that as well like she's just you know she is far from perfect um and I think that's what makes her her flaws are what people connect to I think that's Mm -hmm. what really love her so much because she is very very human and fallible um so laurie on facebook says how do you find the balance between drama romance and comedy on the show because season two it seems leans a little bit more into the comedy this this season yeah so that's another great these are really good questions they're brilliant (laughs) aren't they well it's it, it again it's one of those things that it kind of evolves it's it's not a decision that we sort of sit down and say right at the beginning you know it has to have this percentage that percentage it's it's more where the characters take us where Eliza's journey takes us and that's what we're really led by is is our characters um so it's not a it's not a kind of rational decision it's only when you then look back and go oh yeah there was actually a lot of fun in this in this season and then possibly other seasons might be have a bit more drama or um, I like it. I like a mix of, of all three of those things, romance, comedy and, and drama. Um, but it's yeah, it's not an exact science. So Sabrina on Facebook asks, do the actors get all the scripts for the season at once or one at a time? And do they do a table read for each episode or how do you guys do it? Yeah, so we're, I think we're slightly unusual as a show where we do try and get all our scripts done before we go into, into prep, which, um, so we have, you have a kind of, this time we had like six weeks before we start shooting where you get everything ready, all the costumes and locations and everything. Um, lots of shows you're still writing as you, as you go into, into prep and start shooting, but we try and, get all the scripts uh done and um and then yes the actors get them get the all of them straight away um no we don't do a table read we just don't have the time unfortunately i would love to do more table reads we did in season 1 we had um a table read for episode 1 and uh that was very nice but yes ongoing we just don't tend to do it um we you, you know and 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 the guest characters kind of rock up on set um having had no uh kind of rehearsals or anything um so they're very brave and they come straight on mm-hmm. set and we do a rehearsal of the scene but that's their first time they haven't sort of met the other actors or anything oh wow that must be quite daunting to kind of come onto a set where everybody's quite established and just kind of go for it Absolutely. The only thing I would say is that the benefit of being out in Belgrade is um, we all stay in the same hotel. So uh, and it's such a sociable uh, cast and the the regulars like, I mean, Evan, Stuart, um, uh, Kate, uh, Kathy, Simon, um, Tim, who plays um, Detective Phelps, who is who's wonderful as well. They all they're all very sociable and they welcome everybody. 
uh, whoever's new in. It's very funny. You kind of <laughs> you kind of go to the the bar or or uh, breakfast in the morning and you just spot somebody with sideburns and you go yeah <laughs> and they just go up and go scarlet yeah okay well we're going we're going to the pub tonight if you want to come there oh okay um so it's it's that's really fun and also so many of them have crossed paths before um bizarrely it's a quite a small world so all the actors seem to go oh i know so and so for you so and so so wherever you can't hide from us in this hotel even if you haven't got sideburns they'll still seek you out and know that you're somehow on scarlet um but it's very sociable uh it's really nice and um they make they make all the new the newbies very welcome that's nice to it hear it sounds like a really yeah it sounds like a really lovely kind of family environment it 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 really really is it's a it's a really really nice vibe on set and and patty and i always um, that was our kind of number one objective to make it a, a really happy show. And, and uh, I think most people seem to really enjoy it when they come out. Do you have a favourite moment from season two at all? Well, I do love, um, I really, really love the uh, what Helen did um, with her Mrs. Parker speech. There's actually, there's actually a few. I really loved the, the Nash and Eliza, the end of episode four, where, he, he walks up her stairs to her front door um, once all the music was it's a really windy day that and uh, we were a bit like oh you know what's that going to be like you know in the edit and stuff and it really adds to it because the music's going and then as Nash leaves the the scene we cut the music so all you can hear is like he it's like he sucked the air out of her and all you can hear is the 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 wind so that that was so nicely done I, I really enjoyed that Obviously, the Duke and Eliza, all every scene with Duke and Eliza, uh, I adore. Um, they're just so, so watchable. The, the goodbye, we call it um, at, the, at the end of episode one. That was exquisite. So there's so there are so many. There are so many. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't remember. I, I'd have to write a list and send it. <laughs> You can always send us the list. Don't worry. Just this running list of things we could keep our eye out on. Yes. Just yeah. say like a small phrase, like the stairs and we'll go, Ooh, the stairs here, the stairs there. You know, you know, we'll obsess over what do you mean? Yes, exactly. And there, are, there are a few that kind of characters we haven't mentioned so much. So I just mentioned mm-hmm. Tim that plays Phelps. We get mm-hmm. to know him a lot more in season three. Uh, and his dynamic with uh, with Fitzroy is just so much fun. It's brilliant. Um, and then we've got Basil Sinclair, who is uh, the mag- played magnificently uh, by Ollie Chris. Um, yeah, we, we we just we've been really spoiled with just such an exceptional cast. I, I think one of the nice things that we find as fans is that I think every single character you kind of go, oh, I really love this about them, or I really love that about them, and. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we've kind of taken all of them to heart. Yeah, that's lovely to hear. Thank you. Some fans have seen season three on PBS Passport, but some haven't. So without giving away any spoilers um, for season three, what are some themes that we might expect for season three? Well, with season three, it's, it is, Eliza is, you know, she does, she is surviving. She wants to thrive. So we, we play more into that. And we also, we learn more, uh, about Duke on a, on a, on a slightly deeper level as well. I would say that the, the overarching kind of themes of season three 
it's more about our cast of characters and digging deeper into into who they are what they're about where they you know what their motivations are their hopes their dreams and that's been very satisfying to write so we just get to know them I think on a on a deeper level can't wait um, so you guys recently announced a new project that you and Ben and Patty and the team are working on, Fitz and Merriweather. Um, what can you tell us about it? Um, when can we look forward to more news on this project? I can't tell you much about it. Uh, you'll be very, very happy. <laughs> uh, what I can tell you is that uh, it's a project that's very close to our hearts and um, it's another kind of passion project, I would say. Um, so I'm really hoping to have some news about that soon. And as soon as I do, you will be the first to know. Yay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I do have one other question from, from Suzanne, who's a fan. Um, what is the whiskey in the bottle? What is it that they drink? <laughs> it's coloured water. Oh, I was thinking it would be iced tea or something like that. <laughs> no, no, I think they prefer iced tea. They They always... It's so funny in the rehearsals, they'll kind of go, how long has that whiskey bottle been there? <laughs> uh, sometimes the props are there for quite a long time. Uh, you know, on season four, there was a bottle left somewhere and, and uh, Stuart was like, is this from last year? <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's, it's, it's coloured water. We have a brilliant props department. They work so relentlessly hard. All our departments work so relentlessly hard. But when you're on set, they're running in and out with all these props. And uh, yes, there's always a whiskey bottle to hand. That's a good question, Suzanne. (laughs) Very good. Yeah. Well, we are almost at our hour. So thank you for joining us. We really enjoy having you here. You always answer the hard hitting questions like what is in the whiskey bottle? (laughs) (laughs) That was the hardest one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> real thinker that one I was sweating over that one yeah um but Scarlet Tears fans if you have not followed us yet we are on Facebook at Scarlet Tears Podcast just give us a shout out or look us up at Scarlet Tears Podcast join our page in our group we're on Instagram at Scarlet Tears underscore podcast I think um we're on we have a website, scholartearspodcast.wordpress.com with all of our podcast links there. Um, so you can catch up on all of our podcasts. Rachel, it was amazing having you here again. We love talking to you. You are so welcome. It's an absolute pleasure. And I will happily come on uh, for the next season too. It's, it's really, really lovely. And, and I really do appreciate and love to hear all about what the fans think and uh yeah it's 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 very special to me so thank you thank, thank you, you so much and much. and we wish you the very best of luck with the rest of filming of season four yes lovely thank you bye everybody bye thank you everybody for listening to the scarlet tears podcast Music by Kevin McLeod, Incomatech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0, license HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash. Forward slash.